Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. call to worship this morning comes from 
some writings of Max Lucado. Uh, in, the, in the writing of his uh, uh, book about John 3.16, it says, uh, A man I once shared a row and a meal with on an airplane didn't share any appreciation at all for John 3.16. He said, well, that's the craziest claim I've ever heard. I don't need God to give anyone for me, he claimed. I've led a good life, held a good job. People respect me. My wife loves me. I don't need God to give me his son. Well, maybe today, maybe today you agree with that stance. You appreciate the teachings of Jesus, perhaps. uh, Maybe admire his example. But no matter how you turn it around, you just can't see the significance of his death. How can the death of Christ mean life for us? We'll be looking at those words this morning. Won't you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. We sometimes have a hard time putting our minds around the, the magnitude of what it is to have brought your son to this world in a human form to teach us to walk as one of us and to die on the cross so that we might have everlasting life without having the ritualistic laws that have, had previously governed the lives of the people. Father, you've constantly told us that we are more precious to you than anything else. And now, as this gift has been given to us, may we hear the words this morning that will help us to accept that message and uh, walk that closer walk with you in ways that only you can show us how. Be with us now as we sing and praise your name in all that we say and do. Amen. Well, this morning we are going to sing, in fact, Crown Him with Many Crowns, the Lamb Upon His Throne. We're going to sing a couple of verses. The band's going to give us just a bit of an introduction. You had a chance to stand and stretch a little bit and kind of get resettled. I like that. But this morning we're going to just sit and relax and hear the words as you sing them. Put those words in your heart and carry them with you wherever you go. As the band gives us an introduction, we'll then sing the first two verses right along. Crown him the Lord of peace. Crown him the Lord of life. Crown him with many crowns. 
You can give the Lord many names, but the crown is sort of the sort of the, the key piece for that for our ears to hear and our eyes to see, because He is in fact the Lord of all. Give it many descriptive terms as you will. The Lord of all. The Lord of my money. The Lord of my business. The Lord of my interaction with others. The Lord of all. Crown him with many crowns. We're going to sing the third and fourth verses straight down as we worship together this morning. Change hearts. Mine is sturdy, yours is frail. Mine pure, yours diseased. Take mine and enjoy its vigor. Give me yours and I'll endure its irregularity. The spiritual cardiologist scans our hearts and finds deep disease. He describes our problems in pandemic proportions. No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. Surely, this is an overstatement, an exaggeration. Can it be that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us? So how does God respond to our unholy hearts? Can a good cardiologist spot irregularity and dismiss it? Can God overlook our sins as innocent mistakes? No, he is the one and one only judge. He issues decrees, not opinions, commands, not suggestions. They are the truth. They emerge from his holy self. Violate them and you dethrone him, dethrone him at the highest cost. Jesus made his position clear. Anyone whose life is not holy will never see the Lord. Hard-hearted souls will not populate heaven. It is a pure heart who will see God. Read the announcement of Paul. If anyone is a Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. 
Good morning. Pestilence has gone through the Augustine household. And so um, yesterday I told my wife, I don't think I'm going to be able to um, do the message tomorrow. You, you probably have to do it. And so in the night I got a little better and she got really bad. So this morning uh, most of my family, uh, other than Josiah, is at home. So keep them in prayer. But speaking of disease and diseased hearts, that's the way it is. It, it's, it, it's infectious. It, it wants to take control of um, wherever it can spread. And so it has been with sin. It started there in the garden. And um, from there it has spread to all humanity. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What hope do we have? The song we're going to sing tells us about that hope. It poses the question, what can, what can I do to be pure? How can I be pure and whiter than snow? Uh, the words are familiar. The tune here is a little bit, a uh, little bit of a lilt to it. The band will give an accompaniment, and we'll sing it straight through. Whiter than the snow. Tell me what to do to be pure in the sight of the Yeah. 
God bless you. As Christians, one way we demonstrate our love for God is by serving others in His name. True service in the kingdom is so much more than singing in the songsters and teaching Sunday school. Just as Jesus spread the gospel through service in many countries, we should also seek to serve others across the globe. And as a result, we will be serving God. The Salvation Army USA Central Territory has missionaries around the world who are serving others in Jesus' name and working to advance the kingdom. While the work of the missionaries can be extremely rewarding, there can also be difficulties. There is the challenge of being miles away from family and friends, the struggle of working in a country where they may not speak the primary language, and the stress of having too much to do and not enough hands to help. There are also financial adversities, as oftentimes there are not enough funds to sufficiently cover the cost of the core programs, the utility bills, or other needs. In many cases, missionaries draw down from their own modest bank accounts to help cover the expenses of the Corps. Here at home, we often pray for these comrades, but we don't always realize how important our World Service contributions are to the ongoing work of the Salvation Army overseas, including the work of our own missionaries. Deuteronomy 11.13 tells us to faithfully love the Lord your God and to serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. For some, this may mean serving overseas long-term as missionaries, but many of us are called to live and serve the Lord faithfully in our own core and our own communities here in the United States. God may lead you to use specific talents and gifts He has given you to spread awareness about the needs of those who are less fortunate around the world. Or you may reach out to your lonely neighbor who needs to know about the love and forgiveness found in Jesus. God may also be leading you to serve Him through your financial giving. Maybe it's time for us to make ourselves financially uncomfortable by giving sacrificially so some of the discomfort of those living and serving overseas can be alleviated. Serving through giving is one way to personally serve mankind around the world while not even leaving home. As we serve God and our fellow brothers through our financial giving, we act out Jesus' commandment to love one another. Through his own life, Jesus gave us a perfect model of loving others through humble service. John 13 says, Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. Jesus got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. Then he said, Do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, 
You must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action. And that action is service. John 15, Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. If each month, in self-denial, you loved and served others by giving up the cost of going out to dinner and a movie, missionaries around the world would have the resources to serve those in need and help bring joy to many people. If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all.
appreciate everyone filling in and my wife preaching last week because of um, my absence. But last week, um, myself and a, a group of small, a small group of soldiers uh, traveled to Toronto uh, because we wanted to observe the Salvation Army's uh, urban work in a particular neighborhood there called Regent Park. Regent Park is, is really Canada's first and largest social housing project. It was designed as kind of a social engineering model uh, of, a, of what a neighborhood ought to be back in the you know, 50s and 60s. Um, and it was supposed to address all of the problems that, uh, of the poor, a place where, where those problems could be worked out and refined the neighborhood there contains apartment buildings and, and a lot of pedestrian walkways and green space and, and little parks and such. But you know, as, as with most well-intended government solutions, there have also been unintended consequences. And instead of it being a place where the poor could get their lives together and launch out from there, it instead has become an island community of crime, poverty, and hopelessness, kind of nestled right in the middle of a, a middle-class, maybe upper-middle-class area. There are drug dealers, prostitutes, gangs, all of the ills that befall such neighborhoods. One of the problems of um, most government solutions is that they fail to really get at the heart of the problem, literally. The human heart, our inner self. It can't be controlled or managed by a bureaucracy or even by good intentions. Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, sensuality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. While we were 
there on that visit, we met one young boy named um, Dylan. He suffers from the effects of uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. And he, the home he lives in is very dysfunctional. It's just kitty corner from where the Salvation Army operates there. And uh, there's a series of men staying in that apartment. And this young boy has such behavioral problems that um, just kind of across the street from their home and the core, they've built this uh, middle-class townhouses, expensive townhouses. And the one on the corner, right across from their house, nobody will buy. And it's because of this boy. (laughs) Nobody. You have a neighbor like that, neighbor kid? Nobody wants to... um, to live there. It makes you wonder, um, from a social engineering sense, um, what, what future does this kid have? What hope does he have? None of it through his own fault. Born with this disorder, raised in a chaotic environment. He is the victim of corrupt hearts his mothers, his unknown or at least not present fathers, and a host of others who have failed him all along the way. Makes you wonder, where is the heart of God in a setting like that? And it's not just there, it's it's in Flint, it's in Flushing, it's in Grand Blank, it's everywhere. Let me tell you about Virginia. She was a faithful war cry seller at her core in England. One day as she was heading home from her route, she was hit by a truck that lost control as it, as it exited off of the highway, scattering her coins around her fallen body. When her friend ran to her aid, she discovered people already on the scene, but they were ignoring Virginia and, and grabbing for her coins. What is wrong with the human heart, that we can be so callous, so selfish. We grasp for things as if our lives were determined by how much stuff we can scoop up. Perhaps this is in part what makes us struggle to accept God's generosity because he offers his love to us freely, to anyone, to the whosoever. You see, God in his heart of hearts, at the very center of his being, is a giver. We see this proved time and time again as we read through the scriptures. In Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 8, we get a glimpse of God's generous heart. It says there, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved to all kinds of passions and pleasures, We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things 
so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Look again at at verse 4. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. This really shows us what God's heart is like. His heart isn't like our human heart. He doesn't have a grasping, stingy, selfish heart. Instead, he has a loving, lavish, giving, caring heart. It is really our fallen heart that creates so much trouble in this world. And it also creates so much confusion in people who are seeking something better in their own heart, in their own faith, in their own life. But God's heart is that of a giver. And Titus tells us of his generosity. He saved us. He saved us. And it isn't a stingy salvation either. John 3.16 tells us that it's for the whole world, for everyone, whoever, that believes. He has poured out his Spirit upon us generously, motivated by his his love and His kindness. God is a giver. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. He gave so that we might be clean, forgiven, redeemed, saved, born again. He gave so that we might have hope and joy and love. He gave so that we might get rid of of sin, hopelessness, sadness, hurt, loneliness, anger, guilt. He gave lavishly. He gave abundantly. He didn't give just enough. Just enough so we could get by. He gave more than you or I can even imagine or think. That's how much he loves you. That's the kind of God that he is. A God who wants to be right in the center of your life, right in your heart. The truth is, our human hearts need forgiveness. They need to get rid of the garbage that collects there. The sin that so easily uh, invades our lives and accumulates and eventually takes over. It's like being chained to a bag of rotting, stinking garbage. Paul describes it in even worse terms in Romans 7.24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And, And that was the picture of someone being chained to a rotting corpse as a form of punishment so that you would slowly... Uh, die uh, from the infection that you would get. In other words, who will rescue you from your sin? John 3.16 proclaims the answer, doesn't it? Jesus. It's Jesus. But you know, it isn't just cleaning out our hearts. Our hearts also need to be filled because something's missing in the human heart. 1 Timothy 1.14 says, The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, 
along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. You know, we need a a bucket load of grace and love and faith. And that is exactly what our loving God does. He loved the world so much that he gave. And how about the hurt, the guilt, the shame, and the loneliness, and the anger? These kind of heart wounds can fester. They can remain uh, open for years and years. And if they're not properly treated, they, they can destroy your life. Jesus heals and helps to tend to life's wounds. He gave healing. And how about this question? What's the purpose of my life? Is this really all that there is? Struggling, getting hurt, never seeming to get anywhere, always just getting by? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us purpose. God offers us his love, his hope, and his answers. But you know, some of you this morning have decided that this offer isn't for you. Some of you this morning have rejected God's offer. Some of you have maybe considered the idea that, well, maybe this Jesus did uh, die um, for you a very long time ago, and, and you know, you're kind of considering what that means in your own life. But I want you to know this morning, it's, it's time to stop considering and take action. God is here. And he is offering you his love, his plan of salvation. He's offering you his very heart. Lieutenant Colonel Alida Bosshart lived alongside prostitutes and drug addicts and others of that ilk in Amsterdam. She spent more than 30 years working through the dark, dangerous nights, wandering the streets, looking for people without hope and offering them God's love and care through her own love and care. She lived incarnationally in a bed behind a cloth hung in the core. She gave out out of a heart of love because God gave. God gave her forgiveness, salvation, and love. Captain Elizabeth England served in Brazil for many years, sleeping in a bed in a closet in the core building in a dark, dangerous, dirty village built over a sewage lake. It's a place where witchcraft and Satan worship were prevalent. But she lives there with great joy in her Savior because of what he has done in her life. He gave her a heart of love. I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you are called to that kind of sacrificial living. Maybe God has laid or is laying that upon your heart. Maybe some of you are challenged to offer your life in that kind of a way. Who knows, perhaps some of you are even called to be Salvation Army officers. Think of that. I see some heads saying no. <laughs> Well, don't close the door. God gave his son. He offers us Jesus. You know, 
Human greed looks like this. You ever see a little kid when you want to take something from them? They just kind of, they hold on to it. They don't want to let it go. God's gracious giving love looks more like this. Hands open, offering us what, what we truly need. And he's here today with outstretched arms, with open hands, really waiting for your answer. God will never force himself, his gifts, his love on, on you or on me. He's simply offering us God's love. Now, I don't know why it took me so long to say yes. People still take a long time. They still reject him and his gifts. In fact, this morning, some of you may be rejecting what he's offering right now, today. For God so loved the world that he gave. Yes, he gave his son to die for you and for me. That's been done. It's, it's history, and we're actually celebrating that fact in the season of Lent moving up towards Easter. But what's still up for grabs is really very simple. Only you and I can decide whether we're going to accept what God offers to us. This morning, I, I pray that you will um, respond positively to God's generosity, to his offer to take an interest in your need, your emptiness, your hurt, the questions in your life. Remember what God has done for each of us. Remember what Titus 3, 3-8 says. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning as recipients of your love. We realize, Lord, that whether we have said yes to your offer of salvation we still experience your love. You have given us life. You have provided oxygen and water and the basic necessities of life. Your love is evident throughout your creation. And Lord, this morning it is even more evident in this place with the love that you've given to your children. Lord, I pray this morning that if there be someone here who has contemplated saying yes to your generous offer, your generous gift of forgiveness and salvation and love, that, Lord, right now your Holy Spirit would 
would push that matter to a decision point. Today is the appropriate day of salvation. And if if you are speaking, Lord, I just pray that we would yield to whatever your spirit would direct. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for saving us and forgiving us and giving us a purpose and direction in life. And God, I just pray that uh, we in turn might be generous people showing that same love to those around us. Move in this place, in our lives, and make us to be the people you've created us to be and called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to sing a, a song. It's in your red song books. It'll also be up on the screens near to the heart of God. The first verse calls us to rest, a place where we can be free from sin's attack, and that place is staying near to the heart of God. This morning, if if you need to um, to move close to God, if you need to just get near Him to share with Him what's going on in your life, or if you need to get near Him for the first time to, to bring Him your sin, to confess your sin, to ask for forgiveness, do what the Holy Spirit would indicate. I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing. We have a place of prayer up front. Folks who um, are ready to pray with you, if, if you would like someone to pray with you, I just hope you'll be comfortable to come here, whatever you need, and uh, simply get near to the heart of God. Let's sing that first verse together.
raised in the church. We know the things of God, kind of, but we really haven't given everything to Him. We're holding something back. It may be a matter of obedience. We know something God has um, told us we need to do. choose to follow you and die to myself. Crucify our sinful nature with its passions and desires. Come and breathe the life of Christ into these dry bones. Come and fill this hollow shell with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Unlock for us the incredible mystery of it all, that in this new life Jesus Christ will be the breath in our lungs, the music in our souls, our peace, our joy, our only hope of glory. And for the food we are also about to receive, thank you, Lord. These are simple words, but they come from simple hearts that overflow with the realization of your goodness. We ask you to bless us as we eat, bless the food, and bless the hands that prepared it. May the words of our lips spring forth from our hearts of gratitude, and may we bless each other as we fellowship today. For it is in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. And now we're going to sing, um, Give Me a Heart Like Thine, and uh, just learned this last night and this morning, so, and go something like this. Here we go. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel. 
located in the heart of downtown Flint at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.